how are you doing with these Bitcoin all-time highs? How do you feel? <laughs> I'm just, I'm like this every 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 second. I'm just smiling. Um, my inbox and my phone has been going off just from uh, friends and people who are just thanking me for uh, telling them and being this crazy lady telling them about Bitcoin and how, um, and also like helping them like hold on to it because I think. Um, it's one thing to buy, but it's also another thing to hold and hold for so long. And um, no, it's just been, we've just been celebrating and everyone's just so excited and I could just feel the good energy. Um, but yeah, I'm just happy. So. And it's like perfect time to talk, to chat. Cause I know we've been wanting to talk for quite some time, um, but I think uh, stars kind of aligned in a way. Yeah, it's it's exciting times. So So if we back up, when did you first, I mean, you've been like very much online for a long time, but if you can remember, when did you first hear about Bitcoin and what drove you um, to continue to look into it? Um, yeah, I first, I, I first learned about, or actually I first heard about Bitcoin back in, when was it? Like 2013. And uh, it was from someone who was mining it from their computer. And I don't think they kept it. That's the sad thing is I, I remember that I was I was talking to that to that person again, like, hey, what happened to that Bitcoin? And like they just lost they lost it on a hard drive and it's very unfortunate. Um, but that's where I first learned about Bitcoin. And it was an interesting concept. And at that time I think I was looking into just diversifying uh, my assets more. Um, I was like looking more into precious metals too at that time, gold and silver. Um, stock market and everything and just trying to be an adult you know <laughs> and like do the right thing and just invest and um, Bitcoin came on my radar and from there I think it was I felt like Alice and I was falling into the rabbit hole and I was just learning so much about it and and still to this day I feel like I'm still learning so much more about it yeah I think there's there's probably no one that has a complete understanding it's it's pretty complicated <laughs> um so what's changed since you, you first got into it for you? The biggest change is the price. I mean, when I first heard about it, no one cared about it. No one wanted to put money into it. It was like this weird, when people thought it was like like a Mario coin or something, like Bitcoin, they thought it was just a fake thing or a Ponzi scheme. And today, I mean, you have uh, countries like El Salvador where it's legal tender. Um, you have institutionalized money now. Um, having it on their balance sheet and it's become I mean more than just mainstream I mean people are adopting this and they're understanding that this is more than just some weird um, like Ponzi scheme or or some scam it's it's so much more and um, the unfortunate truth is that there's so much misinformation online and I think that's why like I was so excited to talk to you to Bitcoin magazine because I feel like um just your publication has done such a really great job uh, curating uh, good information, good conversations, and good people who are in the space who are advocating uh, what Bitcoin is, the potential, and most importantly, um, just advocating for sovereignty. I think that's the most important philosophy that I've learned in the Bitcoin community is that people just want to be free. They want to be sovereign. Um, there is a Michael Saylor tweet recently where he tweeted how like, Bitcoin has laws, but there's no rulers. And, um, you know, that's really powerful. So yeah, today you have people like Michael Saylor who's putting billions of dollars into Bitcoin compared to back then when I first heard about it, people were just mining it 
on their computer for fun, like why not? And then unfortunately they didn't know the potential and they would lose either hardware or, or they sold it too early. Um, but there's this thing, right? You uh, get Bitcoin at the price you deserve. So um, yeah, never too late is what I tell people. And people see the price like, ah, oh, it's never too late. Like, yeah, like it may be high right now, but, and I think something I, I do wanna talk about is like everyone keeps talking about Bitcoin, but I think we should talk more about Satoshi and maybe even uh, talking about the Satoshi standard and how um, like an average person can't afford a whole coin right off the bat, but they can accumulate Satoshis, right? They can um, stack sats, hold it. And um, it's like, a. I try and tell people like, when you're doing it that way, think of it like a piggy bank. You know, when we were kids, we were taught by our parents, like here's a piggy bank. And you know, you put your quarters and your coins and your dollar bills in there and you're taught at an early age to save. Um, and just in case of emergency, you know, you break that piggy bank and then you buy whatever you want to buy, like candy or I don't know. And I think that also applies to Bitcoin or Satoshi is it is like that savings technology. It is that piggy bank where you're just allocating DCA. You're just allocating whatever reserves that you can afford into Bitcoin. And, and people tell me they can't afford it. But I'm like, look, you're holding like a $5 Starbucks, come on. Like you can definitely afford a dollar and, and spare a dollar and put that into Bitcoin and um, and just hold on to it and just get some skin in the game, you know? So I think that's really how people can learn Bitcoin is you don't understand it until you actually have it. Like you actually have it, not just like it's on an exchange, like you have it in a wallet, um, cold storage and everything because it teaches you to truly become sovereign to become accountable for yourself and everything. So it's, I try, and when people hear me talk, they're like, oh my gosh, this sounds like spiritual. It's like, yeah, it, it kind of is in a weird way, but I mean, it's still so new. And, and the amazing thing about uh, the Bitcoin community is that there's just incredibly smart people in this space. And, um, and you could just tell like, uh, you know, we don't have to get along. We don't have to like each other. It's like the, the king and the pirate they, they don't like each other, but they agree that gold is the best money. And it doesn't matter. Like they may be on two opposing ends. Um, one is king of the ocean and the other is king of the land. But for them, gold is the money. It's, we can all agree that gold is the standard. And so that's how I see Bitcoin is we don't have to be friends or um, get along or anything, but we can agree that this is money. Um, so I don't, I'm sorry, I, I kind of, I know I just went on a tangent, okay. but um yeah like it's there's always something new in this space and it's exciting yeah but you covered a couple things i wanted to talk about so bitcoin is money for friends and enemies and i think one of the mm -hmm. features one of the things that gives it that quality is it's it's really the only thing that you can own right it's the only form of property that that truly can't be taken from you and that you can spend and use however you like with without uh, asking permission from anyone. So I was wondering, have you felt because you talked about the difference of owning Bitcoin and how that's it changes people and it can be somewhat of a spiritual journey. So have you felt that for yourself or those around you? Does Bitcoin increase your individual sovereignty? Absolutely. I mean, Bitcoin like I said, Bitcoin holds you accountable because essentially if you're holding your own Bitcoin, you are your own bank. And if you are your own bank, you need securities. You need to be careful. You have to 
I mean, you, a bank has all these securities for a reason, right? And, mm. um, and that's what I try to explain to people <clears throat> who are new and who are trying to understand how to get their coins off the custodial wallet and have their own wallets and everything. Um, it is spiritual in a way because, <clears throat> sorry, it is spiritual in a way because it teaches you how to become better. So when you're trying to, and you're, like you said, like you actually own something, this is yours. This is actually something that you have. It's a mathematical certainty. This is yours. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something you pass on to the next generation and the next generation. It's truly like generational wealth in that sense. So yeah, it is spiritual because uh, it transcends you and it transcends the next generation and the next generation. And it just teaches you to also think longer term. And I could speak on this because I like growing up, you know, my, my parents were immigrants. And so we didn't really plan far ahead in our life. It was mostly just, you know, month to month uh, type of lifestyle. And it's very survivalist. Like you're just trying to survive the next paycheck. You're trying to survive the next day. And it's hard to make long-term plans when you're just surviving. And so when you think about just the lifestyle, lifestyle that you're living, it's, so hard to look so far ahead when all you're just trying to survive the now and so what i feel bitcoin can can help change is it could help people adopt um and live and think longer term like build for the future rather than just for today which i think is really important and, and we do need that in today's society where everything is moving so fast and everyone just wants to crush it you know and and then Unfortunately, when you when you build on sand, it just sinks, right? So Bitcoin becomes that that base layer, that foundation, um, and I think that's incredibly. Um, um, I think it's just in, like an an incredible way to um, teach yourself and the future generation how to like truly be sovereign. Is you can't just be sovereign today; you have to be sovereign for the future. And how do you do that until? until you have something like Bitcoin where you don't have to worry about surviving. Like, you know, this is something that will appreciate over time. It's yours. No one can confiscate it. Um, and um, yeah, like it's, I mean, it is very kind of like enlightening in a weird way, right? Um, but yes, um, just to answer your question, that's really how I see and feel with it. And that's also been my own personal experience with it. So did you notice any changes um, in behavior? I know just anecdotally, I was able to articulate and enact um, basically a lower time preference after having mm -hmm. Bitcoin. And this is after decades of basically trying and failing to save in dollars because they're just being inflated yeah. away and you can't stay afloat. But once you have Bitcoin, you actually watch that that number go up. So. It, it can change your behavior. So I was wondering if you noticed any patterns and things maybe you purchased before that you wouldn't after. Yeah, I, I don't feel as anxious. You know, sometimes when you, like even like stock markets, it goes up, it goes down. I mean, it's it's normal, right? Um, uh, with Bitcoin, I'm seeing longer. I'm seeing 10 years, 20 years ahead, 100 years ahead. And it's like all of a sudden, I my decision-making has changed. Like I'm no longer just trying to chase after ideas like shiny lights. I'm not trying to chase after shiny lights that are trendy right now. I'm thinking about, um, well, first off, I'm incentivized already just to be, I'm okay. Like I'm, 
I'm not, I don't have to do like the idea of productive. I think that's where I want to go with this. Like the idea, like we have to be productive. So that means you need to be busy. If you're not busy, you're not making money, right? Because time is money. So you need to put more time and energy into making money. But um, if the money is devalued over time and time, that means you have to put more time and energy into making more of that money that is losing value. So what if that money changes and it's a money that appreciates over time? You don't have to put so much time and energy into accumulating more of it. You have um, uh, a proportionate amount that you're okay, like the time that you're giving, your time preference that you're happy giving, that's good enough. So you don't have to feel guilty. So I think before I used to feel so guilty. I wasn't productive. I wasn't doing things. Um, it was always like, my decision was always led by guilt and I needed to be busy. And so I think Bitcoin taught me that that is actually a very toxic mentality to have um, because you end up becoming um, anxious. You make uh, emotional decisions, um, just overall like net, not net positive, right? And so like, um, I think, yeah, like you were saying, like uh, Bitcoin just teaches you to, it kind of changes how you even see what productivity means today, where it's not just about being busy, but just being smarter and allocating your time and energy into things that you're good at and that you enjoy and that you like. And you don't have to kill yourself uh, over like three or four different jobs. Like today, like, isn't it unusual? People think it's normal that you have to have like, in order to maintain like your household and family, you have a job and you also have to drive an Uber car or do something like something, a side job, like a gig economy job that takes time away from your family. It takes time away from things you enjoy. And then we just become like empty souls, you know? So in a way, like there's that spirituality that Bitcoin brings back. No, you can be human. You are human. You're meant to feel things, experience things, enjoy things, and 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 not feel so guilty all the time about not being productive, because that word even productivity changes now, um, which I'm excited about. And and I I know that we need this in the world because people are feeling really anxious. Like we talk about mental health a lot now, right? This this word is, it's like trendy um, since COVID and everything. And and maybe maybe it is time for people to understand really what it means too it's it's not just mental health is not just caused by um mental health is not just caused by stress it's also the fact the fact is most stress is caused by people who are anxious about money i mean that's that's a fact like debt and everything i mean there's a reason why squid game was the most watched netflix show it's because people relate related so much to the main character and all the characters in it debt um, debt is, and, and Bitcoin swallows debt. Bitcoin is the antithesis of debt. Um, and like, I kind of wanted to end it in this last statement is, um, I think sometimes like when I'm trying to explain Bitcoin to people who want to understand it, it's hard for them to grasp it because they, it's literally so different. You have to completely change your lifestyle because that's all they know. All they know is, oh, this is the money I know. This is the lifestyle. I have to be busy. I have to do this. And when you see that, and I have like a few of my friends who are content creators and something I can talk about from personal experience that could be interesting for you to learn about is content creators, they're, they're kind of like gig economy people where um, 
they have to be busy. They have to constantly like make content and be relevant and be on either YouTube or TikTok or Twitch or Instagram or all of it, you know, like the whole the 360 omnipresence is what they call it. You have to be have omnipresence, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm stretching myself so thin. And um, that's why you see so much burnout within the creator space, like within two, three years of just doing that. And that's every day. Like they, they can't even be present because they have to think about the next thing to create. So they even like sometimes like before COVID, when you had like these influencers who were traveling, they didn't really enjoy traveling. They can't because they're filming it. They're filming the entire experience. They're not even present in it. And then they have to jump on the next plane and the next plane. And they have like all these amazing content, but they don't have memories of these places. So it is a very um, mentally engaging career to have is what I tell people. And, and I know this one because I was in it. And also I have people who are still in it. And a few of my friends actually uh, years ago decided to put some money into Bitcoin. And they, they kept hearing me. I kept talking about it. I was that crazy cat lady, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to go in and, you know, shout out Michelle. I'm going to buy it so you can stop talking about it. And uh, every time we hit a new all-time high, one of my friends, she's a food blogger and she, she just thanks me. And, and I'm seeing now that she isn't so worried. She's not taking every single deal you know, like sponsorship deals, brand deals that she normally wouldn't want to do or uh, that she doesn't think is before, like she would take it because she thought that's her value. Oh yeah, like that's the best I can do. But now that she has savings, she has Bitcoin. It's like, oh, I don't need that. You know, I'm going to focus more on my brand or I'm going to focus more on helping this one restaurant that is owned by mom and pop and they don't have a lot of uh, marketing budget, but I like their stuff. So see like it completely, and that's just one example in the food blogger space, but imagine in other spaces and sectors, we're just seeing the beginning of it. Yo, what is going on, plebs? We're going to take a break from our programming to tell you about the resurrection of our print magazine, starting with the El Salvador issue. Starting this fall, Bitcoin magazine will be available on newsstands nationwide and at retail stores such as Barnes and Noble. Don't want to get off your couch though? No problem. You can also go to store.bitcoinmagazine.com. So skip the line and get each issue shipped directly to your front door with our annual subscription. I'm talking four issues a year that contain exclusive interviews and profiles with leading Bitcoiners, actionable insights on the state of the market, breaking news and cultural trends, along with powerful photos and artwork from the best artists in the world. Subscribe today and get 21% off using code podcast at checkout. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast at checkout. Yeah, I think one of the things you pointed at is this discomfort um, with feeling very unproductive. Um, and this can lead to like feelings of anxiousness. I'm sure everyone's experienced it on some level. Um, I think part of the problem there is financial uh, and is solved by Bitcoin. I think part of the problem there is the tools that we were using to measure our productivity um, were invalid. Um, they weren't working. Mm -hmm. They're constantly um, inflating and deflating as debt is created and destroyed. Um, and there's no, there's no, there's no cap on the amount of, of us dollars. Uh, like we don't know how many are in existence. So I wonder 
once you have something like Bitcoin in your life, which is a stable measure um, of your time, and it allows you to value yourself appropriately and your time more appropriately, uh, what then is the use for U.S. dollars? Ooh, <laughs> I just got goosebumps just hearing you ask that. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's an agreement, right? It's we we agree that the U.S. dollar has money because we all trust that it's worth something. But I believe once people trust it less and less, <clears throat> and they adopt something that doesn't need trust, you just verify it. It's a mathematical certainty, right? It completely changes. People will ask themselves, "Well, what am I making money for?" And we're seeing this even like in professional NFL players and even like some a few mayors, they want to get paid in Bitcoin. They know their worth. They know what real money is, sound money, hard money. They know, they want that. Um, and it's just a matter of time, a matter of education. Um, but yeah, like what use is the, I don't know, it's and that's the same thing about altcoins, right? I mean, some projects are interesting. They're good. They're cool. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's still centralized. Um, there's still a point of attack where you have like a CEO or you have someone who is, um, um, it's it's not like Bitcoin where, you know, what's interesting was I was, I was talking to a friend because they were asking me like, how is it that the government didn't stop it early enough? And I realized it was, it was because in the beginning, just like in 2013, even though I learned about it, like I, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really think much about it. So I think it was, it was so small that it was, it was not a threat to the government. And then slowly but surely, you know, it just infiltrated everywhere. And it's to a point now where you, they can't stop it. I mean, I mean, you can try. And even if you did and it was successful, we would have way worse problems dealing with the aftermath of that. Um, but it's, it's so crazy to see how like you were saying, like that system, the US dollar system is so powerful. <clears throat> it is the world's currency today, right? But all, but they, did, they didn't even see something so small like a Bitcoin becoming this, this threat. And eventually, yeah, US might ha not have a choice but to adopt Bitcoin too. And that's the thing about Bitcoin is you don't, it doesn't need you, we need it, we need Bitcoin. Um, so either you can be part of this new free market or not be part of it. If you don't wanna be part of it, then yeah, you could still keep whatever fiat currency you have. That's totally fine. Um, you know, when I play Monopoly, I use Monopoly money when I'm playing it, <laughs> right? So it's, there's a place for it, sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like, especially the generation of millennials who basically witnessed two economic crashes in 2008 one and the current one that we're seeing right now. Um, and of course, Gen Z's and Gen Alpha and the, and the previous, we, like I say we, cause I'm a millennial. I, I'm assuming you are too, right? Um, I know it's like a loose term, but like, I, I'm just assuming you are. But on the brink, um, yeah. on the brink that's all that matters. <laughs> um, but we, we see that the current paradigm of what has been built it's just not working. It hasn't been working. And, and those who are at power who are still trying to keep this machine going are completely disconnected from the reality, the truth of what, 
what what Bitcoin is one, two, the, the situation people are in today. And instead of fighting against it, instead of having a war, like we don't need war to reset debt. We don't want more debts. We don't want to destroy history. This is the best, most peaceful way to transfer power is through Bitcoin. It's the most peaceful protest. No one has to die or anything. And it's, and we're also incentivizing people to um, reallocate energy. Like we have so much energy around the world. We, energy is money. So it, there we go. Here it is. That makes the most sense. And it makes sense too. Like sometimes I remember like I was talking to someone who was saying, no, inflation is totally normal. But we need, it's, a health, it's healthy. It's totally healthy. It's like really like even, even like this year, we had like the official number was what, like 5%? But they say like, um, which is already really high. I think average is like one to three, right? But someone, I think an economist, he he combed through everything. He was like, no, it's more like 19%, the unofficial number. Like that is, that's unfair. It's almost like you're robbing people. You're literally robbing people their time and energy. And I don't know, I even me, like I've had enough. And um, the unfortunate thing is I, I'm just one person. I'm not gonna go out and try and fight you know, one of my, I don't have anything, but maybe that's, that's what Bitcoin is teaching us is we don't have to fight, just buy it and hold it. And that's it. It's kind of weird. It's like so counterintuitive and almost like anticlimactic because we grow up watching like these like movies and it's so cinematic and it's always like the good guys versus bad guys and everything. And, and, um, and like what I'm experiencing right now and even the, within the community, it's, it's so different and it's interesting. And yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be in history books. We'll, we're gonna refer to this time frame 50 years from now as just a, a true revolution where people didn't have to die. It was all online. Anonymous people around the world came together and they, the transfer of wealth happened and that just changes everything. So. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. I know I keep like going off on a tangent. I feel like I could just, I feel like we could just talk about like so many different, and that's the beauty yeah, of Bitcoin is like, you could talk about so many different things. It's not just Bitcoin. It's actually, it's energy, it's time, it's life, it's math. Um, it's sovereignty. And, and that's what we deserve, I feel. That's what we fought for. That's what I grew up watching all these movies as a kid, you know, freedom and everything. And then now entering into the working world, not like that at all a lot of snakes um a lot of deception how do you protect yourself from that and uh, well we know the answer yeah and one of one of the interesting things that's happening is a lot of these like like you called snakes are kind of coming in and distracting people from you know the one true uncensorable form of sound money mm. by presenting alternatives that like you said are centralized and so i wondered if you have put you know thought into why bitcoin is not just superior to but entirely different than all of these other cryptocurrencies which are basically securities and run by by companies you know, mm -hmm. in in those cases, the, the the will of a majority or or even just a few can choose to strip you of your property and change the protocol. But that's not so in Bitcoin. So I wonder, do you have 
you know, policy for yourself? Are you, are you a Bitcoin maximalist? What do you, how do you carry yourself in that regard? <laughs> I am. I'm a unshameful or I'm a shameful, sorry. I'm unashamed. Here we go. I'm unashamed to call myself a Bitcoin maxi and yeah, I'm toxic, but it's almost like, is toxic even bad? And I'm saying this, like, hear me out. You, you're in the for, you're in the jungle, right? You get bitten by a snake. What do you think they they're? What do you think cures that? It's anti venom, which is part of the venom. It's you're basically putting toxic back inside of you to to cure yourself of the toxicity. Um, and I believe Bitcoin maxis they have to be toxic because, like you said, there's just so many snakes everywhere. How do you protect yourself? You need to become your own anti venom. Um, and in a way, like yeah, they trolling like they have to troll because it is a coping mechanism because there's so many lies there's so many bs and and all of these like the fact that a lot of these other projects they have to use crazy marketing you have to change the narrative over and over again of course you're going to be toxic it is it's actually very human to be toxic um and i believe in a weird way um humor is a humor is a byproduct of events like this, where the only thing you can do is just laugh and make fun of it, you know? So, and I think if, if you take it that seriously, then, then you're not secure with yourself. You know, if your product is really that good, who cares if a group is being toxic? Honestly, like who cares? Um, so yeah, like I am, I would say I am a Bitcoin maxi. Uh, that being said, that doesn't necessarily mean, um, cause when I have people asking me, oh, like, should I get altcoins? And I try my best to be as diplomatic and as understanding because it's true, like certain altcoins, if you buy it at the right time and you sell it at the right time, you can have incredible gains, amazing gains, maybe even more than Bitcoin. Because um, if you didn't buy Bitcoin, it was super early, right? Totally true. If you convert it to Bitcoin, I tell them, look, you do the whole altcoin trading stuff, day trading, and later you convert it to Bitcoin, that's actually smart because you're just accumulating more Bitcoin. Um, However, at the end of the day, it's all about the right timing. It's a risk. You have to know when to buy and when to sell. Um, and it's very stressful, of course. And um, also, like you were saying, like there's a centralized point of attack. You know, it's, it's, it's centralized. It's not like Bitcoin. And that's, I would say that's the biggest difference is that all of these projects, like the altcoins, they have a CEO. Bitcoin's creator just disappeared, poof, like that anonymous even even three letter agencies can't find satoshi nakamoto we don't we don't even know if it's a person a group or whatever it could be for all i know an alien it could, literally it could, we had no idea um we do know that the wallets are public we do know that um satoshi is completely anonymous till this day um that for me is interesting because let's say at, at, at the end of the day it's like the human nature, it's human nature to have ego, right? So it's human nature to want to flex and be like, yo, I created it. Look, I'm so rich now, or, or I'm going to donate money and um, I'm going to make myself look like a good person. And all of this, like it's, it's, it's human nature to, for people to, if they made something really amazing and it did really well, like even me, like <clears throat> I've had amazing successes in the past and I was so proud to be on Forbes front cover and all this stuff like it's human nature because you know I felt insecure and th that was my way of showing the world like hey look see I made it right so I'm very human but the fact that Satoshi 
we haven't heard anything even even now like all-time high it's like hmm even with Craig Wright what Craig Wright's doing it's like hmm Toshi's not stepping up like very interesting um and yeah that's we don't see that in any of the other projects true true and like someone who's truly anonymous and also they were so forward thinking they knew they needed to be anonymous because I don't think Bitcoin would be as successful as it is today if Satoshi was a public person like that's a fact somehow it would have been shut down um and um I think whoever Satoshi is knew. So, I mean, that's like really five head. Like they were thinking really far ahead and it's, it's really incredible. So um, I don't know what, what topic we're on right now. Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot. I know like, again, it's okay. whole tangent this is, thing. This is, a, this is a good point. The immaculate conception of Bitcoin is probably one of the first features that makes it seem religious um extraterrestrial you know supernatural <laughs> no that's um, true though yeah it's kind of inhuman it goes against human nature uh which is almost divine in a weird way um yeah i think it's so fascinating i think like there's so many interesting topics we could even touch base on within just bitcoin alone um but i think i think like this all-time high kind of shows uh that there's going to be people who are still going to think it's 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 a scam <laughs> even if it's a hundred thousand they're still going to think it's a scam and like you know you get bitcoin at the price you deserve and that's how it is um and um i think where do I want to go with this? I don't know. I just feel like I have so many thoughts, man. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. I could just, we need like five hours set aside just to like talk about so many different aspects of it. But there is a really crazy philosophical um, edge that Bitcoin brings that I, I don't experience with the other altcoins. And look, like, I don't want to shit on them. I, I, I know some some people who actually are running the projects and they're, they're really nice people. They've nice dev team um overall like everyone's great but like you know i tell my friends like you want to get altcoins think of them as unregulated stocks it's a risk you could do really well with it but all it takes is for the sec to come in and change the game and that's it who wiped and or or if the project changes um or or they just disappear like look at the squid game token like people didn't get their money back i mean that's a great example of rug pull and maybe in a way, like that's how people can learn their lesson. I'm actually glad that became mainstream, that story, because that's not a new story. We There's so many stories like that in the past with like ICOs and everything, right? Um, I was actually curious. I want to ask you a question. Like, what are, what's your take on NFTs? <laughs> no one's asked me that. Um, I grew up making art, so uh like freedom of expression is very important to me you know i love to draw make music things like this however i don't believe that intellectual property rights exist in any meaningful way i don't think humans have a right to be one with their ideas um i think patents are evil i think 
copyright. And I think the only meaningful way you can protect like intellectual property is by force. And this uh, reinforces a kind of fascist or at least like combative mentality between people. Um, I know that, you know, my opinion's not going to change them or, or get rid of them in any way. Um, but I think they inhibit collaboration in a lot of ways. And I think they actually stall the progress of civilization. Um, you know, if you've got a copyright on the, on the color red and, <laughs> or um, some kind of math problem, um, or, you know, you're trying to sue Bitcoin core devs, people, you know, this, this, this is against everything that like free trade stands for it, it gets in the way of us collaborating, right? Yep. Um, now to tie that back to NFTs. So I would never felt the urge to attach my name to a couple, you know, pixels on a computer in that way. I think they're interesting. I would love to see them happen at least on, on Bitcoin because, you know, that's like I said, it's complicated because I don't want to shit on people who are, you know, crypto people either. I don't think that everyone involved in the crypto community is a scammer, right? Like that seems kind of like a ridiculous proposition. But I do think conflating Bitcoin with crypto one day will seem criminal. Yeah. The differences between these two things are immense. Um, yeah, they're, it's not. So when people ask me, oh, I want to interview you about crypto and Bitcoin. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. crypto or Bitcoin? Two different yeah. things. Thank you. Um, I would say that the majority of people, I mean, I guess I can't say that, but I, I think a lot of people that I talk to don't understand the difference between that. I don't think I understand the differences between them because I don't think that we really understand what Bitcoin can do because humans have never had property in this way before. So coming back to NFTs, uh, my take is that they're probably the most insignificant thing that are, is happening right now. Like I just, I could not care less. <laughs> Would you say it's another distraction to, to get people away from not buying Bitcoin? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm now frustrated. Everyone, now, now, now everyone's talking about this beyond Bitcoin or not Bitcoin, sorry, beyond NFTs. It's like the new narrative is, the, you know, the metaverse, the hyperverse, the decentralized metaverse, the web three yeah it's like all these new things and it's again the shiny lights and not to say like i agree with you like some of the projects are interesting totally like you know i I love this world but yeah like we both agree there's so many snakes there's a lot of snakes that are really good at hiding themselves within the good people and taking advantage of them you know so I, i agree with you yeah, I think I think I think it does take away from Bitcoin education um, because, like I said, I don't think that they're all scammers, but I do think that they attach themselves to Bitcoin and ride on its coattails, and I think that's immoral because 
at the end of the day, what you're selling is an unregistered security. And what you're doing is hoping to sell that unregistered security to a greater fool and get out with your bags. And I don't think that's right. I, I don't sell my Bitcoin. There will be no, <laughs> and I never I will. <laughs> I mean, um, until we're, we're, we're using it for good. Is a Bitcoin an NFT? Like in it, in its own way, you know, like it's art. Uh, um, yeah, I think Bitcoin's an art. Bitcoin as a something that's fungible is an interesting question, right? All of our Bitcoin will probably be accepted in most places as any other Bitcoin, but they're actually not fungible, right? Like the history of my Bitcoin is unique from the path that your Bitcoin has taken um, through the ledger. Um, they're alike in, in their protocol and what they've been through, but they're not exactly the same. Um, and, and maybe they did connect at some point, but the point being there, there, there could be a premium and a discount put on certain dis on certain Bitcoins in certain places at a certain time. Meaning I'm sure both of us would be happy to pay a little extra to get some Bitcoin straight from the wallet of Satoshi or something. Oh yeah. Right. Genesis. What? Yeah. The Genesis block. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, but what you're paying for, what you're paying for there is not so much that doesn't make the bitcoin unfungible. That makes you're paying for novelty, like you're paying for yeah. this extra thing there. So Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, no, no, I'm not I'm not too interested in the NFT space. I've seen it distract too many of too many of my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. I Yeah. I harp on them about Bitcoin and then they, they go buy a JPEG. Dude, I, I feel like we're the same. <laughs> and they're such good, they're such good people. They're like the smartest, coolest people. Um, but yeah, it's like, for me, it reminds me of like ICO days and everything too, where everyone just got super hyped. It was, there was so much FOMOing in that. Just where, when I see FOMOing, that's a red flag for me already. Like a lot of FOMOing, a lot of, um, uh, just trend like tr- trend words being thrown around a lot of hype I get uh, I just my guard just instantly it has to go up it's like a weird defense mechanism from scammers you know that I acquired over the years yo my fellow bitcoin lovers have I got something specifically curated for you the deep dive is bitcoin magazine's premium markets intelligence newsletter This isn't some pay group selling buy and sell signals. No, this is a premium Bitcoin analysis led by Dylan LeClaire and his team of analysts. They break down in an easily digestible way what is happening on chain in the derivatives markets and in the greater macro backdrop context for Bitcoin. This newsletter turns volatility into a joke. So hit up members.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code podcast for 30% off the deep dive. That's members.bitcoinmagazine.com, promo code podcast for 30% off. Divorce your pay group and learn why Bitcoin is the ultimate asset by Dylan and his team. My fellow plubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four-day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. 
This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. Want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Yeah, I would encourage people to take the opposite stance with Bitcoin. Actually, take some time to do your homework and think very carefully before doing anything in this space. I agree. Um, I agree and yeah. I think you'll you, you'll come to a similar conclusion that you and I have come to, which is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So do you think Bitcoin is going to become like the native currency of the internet, if not the world? And then my follow-up to that would be, what can we do to help usher in that transition? Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, yeah, we've had the internet for how long? And we've never really had an official money that was attached to it. Like, why did it take so long? And now we kind of understand why. It's just a lot of regulations. It's not easy to create something like a Bitcoin. Wasn't there like a project before Bitcoin and there was a centralized person attached to it and it just quickly just got shut down really fast, right? Um, and so it kind of shows that, yeah, like it is a very interesting phenomenon and maybe it needed to take this long because everything takes us time, right? Um, but I... I do, I could totally see uh, Bitcoin being the standard, not just for being the internet money, but the global money or the money, the money of the free market is what you were saying. Because that's, I, I believe in that too. I, I do believe oftentimes like patents and copyrights can just stop uh, meaningful collaborations and um, innovation in so many different sectors and spaces because of honestly, let's be real, like greed. Um, it's not just about uh, protecting your IP. It is greed. Because I mean, look, I love Disney. I grew up with a lot of Disney movies and, 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 and stories, but I mean, Disney didn't come up with Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, you know, like these are very old. I mean, they're free stories. They were fables and everything. Um, so that being said, um, doesn't mean Disney's not going to be part of it. I, I could see Disney being part of this free market too, just adopting Bitcoin. Like once everyone sees like, wow, like actually this is better. This is better money. This is a better way to have an economy. This is a better way to, for people to work, for people to create, for people to live. Um, it's just a matter of time. It's, I think it's a lot of cognitive dissonance that we have with people today where they're just so married to the matrix and you know they're all blue pilled and we orange pilled and it's and i think it's hard for people to see what we see until they experience it themselves right but i think it's happening slowly because of inflation that we're seeing right now with a lot of goods and um just everything's becoming more expensive because money is so cheap um i, I believe things will change once people's wallets are being hit and they're seeing, wait, hmm, this is weird. This is like not, there's something not right. And then they're, they're gonna go, they're gonna be like Alice falling down that rabbit hole and 
we're gonna be we're gonna be the caterpillar and like the mad hatter like we've been here you know um I'm just waiting for them all to be part of this amazing new world um but yeah I think it will be internet money the new global currency eventually because countries will have no choice and it just makes sense too and uh how do we do that is this just talking like even like having converse, meaningful conversations like this i'm sharing my story you're sharing your story i think people can connect on that level because people don't learn through technical um uh, studies most people learn through stories uh, they learn better through stories through personal experiences um and they relate in that way it's kind of like i was telling my friends like I don't know how the internet works. I use it every day. I've been using it since I can remember. But if you ask me technical detail, draw out how it works, I have no freaking clue how it works. I don't need to know how it works. I just know it works. And I know the potential of it. And I know it connects me to the world and I'm able to talk to someone and I get their message or video, feedback, everything. That's all that matters. And I think a lot of the Bitcoin education we see today, they're too focused on the technical part. They're too focused on just the, the part that it's hard for people to understand because they're not inspired, you know? So I think us talking, having stories, experiences, even, even sharing stories about bad Bitcoin experiences, like scams, like people who got scammed from something, like they can learn from that so they don't fall for that or losing their keys. Um, I think these are all really important. And I think what you're doing is so important too, like talking to people and sharing these stories and it's delayed gratification, you know? You may not see it now, but you're gonna see it later. Cause I'm telling you, like I've been telling people for years and now that it's at an all time high, people are finally coming back to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I should have listened to you. It's like, well, it's still not too late because we don't know how high this can go. We have no idea. It could go to, for I mean, we know for sure hundred K. They could go up to a million. It could go up even higher, 150 million. I heard some crazy numbers that were thrown the other day. It's like, okay, but that would be so cool if it went that high. <laughs> By then I'm just gonna fund and build a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there's there's a reverse to this kind of like happy ending. Like we're all, we can't all not be late adopters, but I think that in every case, having some Bitcoin is better than having none, right? So I hope that everyone's listening comes to like learn about it first and then decide whether you want to acquire some. Um, but I don't think the transition is going to be peaceful or all good because there are going to be people who are holding on to their dollars till the very last, even though they've inflated to like infinity. <laughs> I mean, what do you think they could do if they wanted to stop this? Like the most realistic option. If like the government wanted to stop it, uh, just yeah. social programming, they would just, they would just, if not launch a like how they attack it with environmental claims when Bitcoin yeah. in reality incentivizes, um, finding not only renewable but stranded sources of energy you know it's like one of the best things that could have happened environmentally it wise is. but they want to they want to spin it they, they would the dollar pollutes listen i yeah i don't want to get um 
necessarily canceled but if if the government can compel you to stick like a needle in your arm like they can they can change your perception of bitcoin they can take us off air they can do many things to slow adoption but they can't they can't end it and uh the thing is once you acquiring do you yeah you know what i mean like when it dips they're probably buying secretly while you're not Mm -hmm. you're going to be a no coiner because you believe in that narrative they're saying that they're acquiring which is oh gosh that's yeah it's it's horrible that's such a snake (laughs) such a snake move to do well assuming they're competent right which is i mean this is kind of like broad strokes here but i do think that they have the wherewithal to privately buy some if only to see what it is like we know that certain departments in many governments in the world have held bitcoin because they've confiscated it or tried to confiscate it from you know hackers or you know some criminals and that's kind of where this this narrative like why it's perpetuated that this is associated with bad people is because that was their first touch point they had no reason to look into it otherwise um potentially so yeah i think i think they're if they know what's good for them they're acquiring because the way this works is el salvador now has i don't remember 1100 something coins maybe fewer but they're not getting rid of them and if every other country has zero so they're just going to get wealthier and wealthier they're going to be the richest country in the world yeah. el salvador <laughs> yeah the way this works is that laggards and this is what i was talking about earlier where i don't think the transition will be pretty if you're if you're late to adopt bitcoin you you're going to be le- left behind now there is no point in time in which it's too late to adopt bitcoin but you will not experience the same appreciation curve that that other people have um and you will find it only more difficult to compete to catch up like these other this is the 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 problem again with those other cryptos they're not in the same competition right like if if even if this were a free market of both crypto and bitcoin all of these are, are trending towards zero in terms of bitcoin they're not in competition for the number one asset they're completely different asset classes i mean you don't see institutionalized money buying into it the same way that they're buying bitcoin or even name me another country that adopted adopted anything but bitcoin as legal tender i'm waiting (laughs) um yeah i mean that it says a lot i mean i i do agree with you too i was telling my friends you should at least try and 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 whatever savings you have, like I'm not a real financial advisor, but whatever savings you have, you should always diversify. And if you can diversify some of it into Bitcoin, um, try and get it before it hits 100K. It's going to get harder because I think once we go above that, you're going to start seeing more institutionalized money going into it. They're going to vacuum a lot of it up. So it's going to get exponentially harder and harder um, to acquire some for yourself. And so that's like, that was the best, that's like the best advice I can give to a lot of my friends and colleagues who are kind of on the edge, you know, they don't really know. And so I told them about a few, like a few ways, like if you don't, if you don't want to buy Bitcoin, which is understandable, then use Lolly. I invested in this company called Lolly. It's like the honey, but instead of 
getting money, you get Bitcoin, which I actually used. I was like, I use all shitload of stuff on, yeah, yeah, got a shitload of stuff on Nike, <laughs> and like I just <laughs> used my, and they they have Nike on there, um, so there's one like you can, but make sure you take it off, you know, get it off the custodial wallet, put it in yours, hold it. So when you hold it, that's when you, it's like having a baby. You have your baby now. You have to figure out how to feed it, how to take care of it, how to protect it from the world because everyone wants your baby. Um, a friend of mine actually had, uh, actually two people I know, um, and this is super weird too, they, and we think it's like an inside job from um, the phone providers, but they had their, wall, their lolly wallets completely emptied. They left it on there. And I don't know how they knew about it, but they had $500 worth of Bitcoin on there, which is actually a lot. They, they shows you they use Lolly a lot to acquire, um, to earn the rewards. It's like 5%, 1%, right? They used it for a while and both of them had it emptied. And um, uh, and it was, I think it was like a SIM card swap or something. Um, but it, it shows like, wow, like, yeah, you really need to protect your baby. Like you, in a weird way, you know, it's crazy. Uh, it's just like an idea, like I just had, I just want to throw it your way. But because the scammers and, and hackers are getting smarter, you got to be smarter too. You almost have to match them. You yeah. Know? Like you have to, like, it's, it incentivizes you to be smarter, to be more, like, you know, uh, uh, diligent and, and aware. And like I said, like, kind of badass. Like you're just incentivized mm -hmm. to be more and more badass. Um, how cool is that? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just had that thought just now. Yeah, I think um, like if you're talking about like operational security, it's mm -hmm. kind of a pain in the ass, but it's also at least for guys like my guy friends. I know like we love getting into that, you know, just how how do we secure? How do you basically Bitcoin is a secret, right? Your, your private key is a secret. Um, if you ever want to spend Bitcoin, you have to prove that you have a secret without revealing the secret. That's what the, that's the whole game. Ooh, I like that. So if you want to purchase like the world's most expensive secret, get some Bitcoin and then learn how to protect it. I've got you've got all kinds of different like fun ways, devices mm -hmm. that I'm sure you're cool. familiar with. Yeah. There's cool ways you can gift it too. you know, like. You can send yeah. Bitcoin via mail. I just always like to, to show there's there's many options for hardware wallets, hot wallets, but that's a really important point that you brought up. Um, your Bitcoin's useless if it's not um, in cold storage in some form, pretty much. I mean, if you're gonna trust someone else to hold that, yeah, you gotta you gotta get it off exchanges. But I think. You know, I, this is going to sound so counterintuitive to the whole point of Bitcoin, but I think there are some people like, for example, my mom, she trusts everyone. She's too trusting. So sweet, right? Uh, like she trusts everything, the government, the banks, everything, right? Um, it's truly a kind soul. I, I can't trust her with her Bitcoin, even if I gave her everything and this, I, I have to take care of it for her. So in a weird way, Bitcoin also incentivizes, um, uh, even though it's not about trust, it actually incentivizes people who are known for being trustworthy, you know, like noble people. It incentivizes nobility again, for people to truly be noble, for those that you trust with your heart and life and soul to, hey, like take care of this for me, you know, and you know, you could pass it on to the next person, which is amazing because, I mean, I, this is a personal story that I don't really tell a lot of people and it's not that public, but I had a lawyer steal millions of dollars from me. My own lawyer, my lawyer, who 
who, um, I mean, that's like the most illegal thing you do as a lawyer. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to steal your money out of your client trust account, but he did it. Um, pure greed and able to get away with it. I mean, like still, I have to, it's still pending right now in court and everything, but it's just, it's like, look, blew my mind when that happened because it goes against everything I was told growing up, oh, your lawyer protects you. So it shows like, it doesn't matter if that's the official title, it's, I think like in the future, we're gonna see people who are known for like being the tech savvy one. I'm sure you, you're probably known as that person in the family. You're gonna have family members who are probably gonna want you to hold their Bitcoin. Like, please hold it for me, protect it for me. You know, that, that's, that's actually like, wow, that's an amazing honor, you know? And it, it encourages people to be, to be honest and noble again. And then that's, I'm sorry, this is an idea that, I just had pop in my head. It is. I, I want to add to it because I think, I think this is a good demonstration. I have to revise what I said. I don't remember what I said exactly, but it was to the point of like, if you don't, if you only have Bitcoin in cold store, if you don't have your Bitcoin in cold storage, it's useless. That's not exactly true, right? There are many people and institutions for whom there is no other way to buy Bitcoin than through an exchange or like an ETF. And they literally either legally or physically, like they just don't have the knowledge that we have to put it in cold storage. And for those people, I hope that Bitcoin incentivizes, and I've seen it happen, so I know it does, a competition among companies to develop the most trustless, um, safe solution. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Multi-signature solution so that you, your mother, and your lawyer all have a private key. And mm. two of the three of you need to conspire to steal your money instead of just <laughs> yeah. instead of just your lawyer. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. That yeah. Fascinating. So fun. So yeah, since since you've been talking about Bitcoin for a a couple of years now um have you heard any success stories from your fans yeah there was one um that it it really stuck with me it was just by chance i opened a a random dm on instagram because i just saw in the front like the first part of the message bitcoin like ooh, what did they say and uh it was you're about to get uh, you're about to get like a thousand dms that just say bitcoin (laughs) in the front of them from people (laughs) (laughs) he um uh his his wife is actually a fan of, of mine she's been watching my videos and she was like in college or something she grew up watching me and um she uh, he just so happened to watch a podcast I was on with my friend Ryan Higa and I was talking about Bitcoin and she was watching it and she was asking him to watch it with her and he watched the whole thing and he decided okay I'm gonna research more like she said and he did and he was compelled and he put a lot of his savings into Bitcoin and I mean this was like pretty I think at that time Bitcoin was only at seven thousand, or it was it was pretty low. And uh, I received a DM from him recently, or I don't know how much money he got of it, but he said he was able to quit his job, buy a house, completely changed his life. Like him and his wife are just like they're so happy. And you have to understand, like I I've been creating beauty content since I was nineteen, like since two thousand seven, and I've been basically like offering the best advice that I can give to myself to my viewers like wear sunscreen if you want to reduce like 
aging, sunscreen, skincare. This is the best, you know, I'm always giving like the best advice and stuff that I use for myself. And it was mostly around beauty and lifestyle. And, and uh, it's interesting how like, as I've grown, I've, I'm evolving as a human. I'm also an adult. I'm no longer just a, a you know, 19 year old kid in a bedroom. I'm part of the economic world now. I also want to um, build generational wealth. And so of course I'm gonna offer advice, but in the beginning when I was, I was, in, I was trying to tell my followers and my audience like, hey, like learn about Bitcoin, invest at your own risk, but this is something you shouldn't miss out on. And so many other people who followed me who were real financial advisors were just ripping me apart. They were just sending me the meanest messages saying, um, I could be sued. It was a horrible stuff. Even though I said, I'm not a financial advisor. I had the crazy like disclaimer. Right. And like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it was like a weird personal attack. Um, but I remember thinking like, wait, if you're a financial advisor, you don't know about Bitcoin. You're an idiot. Like, sorry. <laughs> but like, if you, I mean, if you don't know about it, like then honestly, your client should fire you because this you, is the first form of money. It is. And <laughs> you, your client had a chance to be part of or to own the most mathematically proven scarcest asset on the planet and you you didn't you didn't offer it to them you didn't even bring it up and even say hey this is something you're interested in and it's interesting because i i invested a lot of money in stocks years ago and uh, i was telling um i was just curious i already, I already knew my stance i was already buying right but I was asking, hey, like, what do you guys think about Bitcoin, right? And they're like, oh, it's so risky, yada, yada, yada. But if you want to buy Bitcoin, you could like look into like, um, uh, there was like a few uh, uh, companies that were acquiring Bitcoin at that time. And, uh, and I just thought it was so interesting. Um, and it wasn't until I think it was last year, I just sold everything. I sold everything on the stock market and I just went all in on Bitcoin. I kept Amazon though. Cause I use Amazon every day. So I kept Amazon, but yeah, I do. I, I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I was like, I sold everything and, and just went in. And I remember they kept, they emailed me like six times. Are you sure, Michelle? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, yes, yes, I'm sure. I know like in my head, I'm like, I know they won't understand it, but they will one day and it's okay. No, I even gave them, I was so nice. I gave them links to watch and read like uh, Michael Saylor. I gave him a bunch of like the links of Michael Saylor, like here, read this, you know, just so you could be informed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what in that been, I guess, what um, maybe closing remarks or last um, advice do you have for your audience if, if they're now just looking into Bitcoin for the first time? Before you even learn about Bitcoin, maybe you learn about money, the history of money. And uh, there's like a few really great YouTube videos that talk about it. And um, it's pretty disturbing uh, to be quite frank. And once you learn about money, the history of it, then learn about the history of Bitcoin, just the history of it, when it came out, what happened and everything. And it came out during a time, right? Right when the crash happened, there's a reason for that, right? And then, um, instead of buying it, because like I said, like I, I would, because I don't want to give any financial advice, like there's other ways they can acquire Bitcoin, like they can earn it through shopping and everything. I guess it's different because sometimes I have people coming up to me and they're asking me, can you explain Bitcoin to me? But it's like, 
the definition changes depending on who you are. Like, are you a developer? Are you an engineer? Are you a financial investor? Are, are you a teacher? Are you a working class citizen? I mean, it, it completely changes the definition. And it's hard for me to give that one sound advice, you know? I mean, I could say something like, look, like wear sunscreen to protect yourself from UV rays, buy Bitcoin to hedge against inflation. There you go. <laughs> it's like if, if sun ages you, inflation will age you too. <laughs> and so how do you stop aging is wear sunscreen and buy Bitcoin. Yep. Yep.